Hey, 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 welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast. I'm Lisa A. Smith, founder of the Black Health Academy, and we are back with another episode, Extending the Life Expectancy of the Culture, one episode at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure you click like and click subscribe, because if you are not subscribed to the Black Health Academy podcast, I can almost guarantee you are missing weekly nuggets that will change your life. Listen, this podcast is dedicated to the psychology of transformation. The episodes you'll hear here on our platform are mostly around the mindset that you need to adopt in order to live a life of optimal health and eventually a life of radical obedience. So make sure you like, share, subscribe this podcast, leave a review if we say something that really resonates with your spirit. And if you haven't already, make sure you are a member of the Black Health Academy and you do that by joining at theblackhealthacademy.com. That will be a great place to start for you to jumpstart your journey to optimal health, especially if you desire to use a plant-based diet to do so. We are plant-based pros here at the Black Health Academy, and so we help individuals combat chronic lifestyle disease by using a whole food plant-based approach. And so if you're interested in taking that approach to arriving at optimal health, please visit www.theblackhealthacademy.com. Now, on today's episode, what you're about to hear is all about developing a healthy relationship with food. Now, typically, when we're talking about our relationship with food, with food, we're often talking about it from a um, unhealthy approach, meaning having an unhealthy relationship with unhealthy foods, right? So, you know, those chips and those cookies and that candy, that soda, those comfort foods that we often have a very difficult time giving up. But today's episode is slightly different. Today, I want to talk to the individuals who have done all of the work to overcome and combat their dependency on those unhealthy foods. But now what they are finding is that they're developing a somewhat unhealthy relationship with healthy eating. Yes, that is a thing. There's a whole term for it if it becomes too extreme, which I share in this episode. So if you find that you are on the other side of your health challenge, meaning maybe you've lost the weight, maybe you've put that condition in remission, and now you're still battling with your relationship with food, but now it's with healthy foods, um, then this episode is for you. So if you enjoy what you hear today, please share this. Please leave us a review and make sure, again, you are subscribed to the podcast. New episode every Wednesday and a new 60-second tip of the week drops every Friday. Enjoy, enjoy. How to combat an unhealthy relationship with healthy foods. Uh, This is a very, very, um, let's see, untalked about topic. Why? Because so many of us are still trying to deal with our relationship to unhealthy foods, right? So many of us are in a place where we're still trying to combat how we approach eating and getting away from the foods that we know are disease promoting, right? So maybe you have an affinity towards sugar. Maybe you have an affinity towards excess salt. Maybe you have an affinity towards fried foods, processed foods, packaged foods. You know, those can't stay out of those drive-throughs. And that is typically a common approach that we take when we're talking about developing a healthy relationship with food. 
But today I want to talk to the individuals who have done that step already. Today's episode is for individuals who have done the work to overcome and work through their unhealthy relationship with unhealthy food. So you're no longer a slave to the chips and the fried food and the fast food and the packaged food. But what happens and that what I've seen happen with some of my clients and I've personally experienced some of this is that people who typically get healthy, they lose the weight, maybe they put a condition in remission and they're no, no longer battling those health challenges. Sometimes they develop an unhealthy relationship with healthy eating. And there's actually a term for this if it goes too far. Like there's a clinical term for having an unhealthy obsession with eating healthy. And that is orthorexia. Okay, Um, orthorexia is classified as an eating disorder. And orthorexia is developing an unhealthy relationship with eating healthy. So where it becomes obsessive now. In our culture, we sometimes have like, you know, cultural terms that we label people as. And so some people may be labeled as health nuts, for example. Right. And, you know, we typically label people as health nuts if, you know, they are like really health conscious. Like, but there is a level of health conscious that can become too extreme. Like we all know that um, even things that are good for you can become damaging if they become excessive or if it becomes compulsive. Right. And so I want to talk to those individuals today because there's three. Uh, no, no, let me see. One, two, three, three or four in the types of individuals who I see that have a tendency to develop an unhealthy relationship with healthy eating. Um, and I just kind of noticed over the years that I've been teaching, you know, plant based nutrition over the years that I've been a health coach. There's kind of three specific situations where I've seen individuals come from and they get on the other side of their health challenge and then they start having this kind of obsessive relationship with eating healthy, which can be just as damaging to you, to your body, to your mental health as an you know, unhealthy relationship with unhealthy foods can be. And so, again, I want to let me preface this by saying, you know, I'm I'm not a clinical psychologist. I do have a degree in psychology, um, but I am not a practicing clinical psychologist or mental health specialist. And so I'm not here to even try and attempt to address the eating disorder that is orthorexia. Um, But for those of you who um, are noticing that you are developing somewhat maybe of a healthy relationship with healthy eating and you don't feel good about your relationship with food, even though you're in a healthier place physically, then I'm talking to you today. And hopefully we can stop this, the progression of that relationship. So what, what does this potentially look like, right? So I've had um, individuals in my ecosystem, and I, like I said, I've experienced some of this as well, where every meal that you're preparing to eat, you know, every attempt at eating because, becomes this whole science project. Right. Where you are constantly like, am I getting enough of everything I need? And what about, you know, these vitamins? What about these minerals? Um, You know, what about these my proteins, carbs and fats? What about, you know, all am I am I potentially going to be deficient? Is this going to make me gain weight? Is this going to make me lose weight? Am I eating at the right time where it becomes like you micromanage every meal and every attempt at eating and. It becomes like you can't think about anything else. You're not, you're always uncertain, 
right? There's this level of uncertainty that never goes away. And so you're really, you question everything. You, you question every attempt at trying to eat healthy. Um, sometimes, you know, some individuals can turn into somewhat of a hypochondriac where, you know, they believe that every little thing that happens maybe on their body or, you know, every little ache, pain, tweak, you know, every little skin situation is, you know, maybe somehow related to food all the time. And it becomes literally obsessive, right? And so first I want to share with you the three conditions where I've seen this happen where I've, where I've seen individuals kind of begin to develop this unhealthy relationship with food. The first is individuals who come from programs that encourage calorie counting. So individuals who comes from, who come from regimens that encourage calorie counting may have an increased risk of developing an unhealthy relationship with eating healthy, because what the program does is it teaches you to base every meal or at least your daily food intake on a certain number of calories. And if you fall outside of that range, you may think one that you're not eating enough or and so now you're risking deficiency or you may think you're eating too much and now you're risking weight gain and not hitting your goals. And so this is the exact reason why we don't count calories in my farm to table plant-based coaching program, because individuals who come from programs that encourage them to count calories, it can be, it can become very, very difficult to disconnect from that line of thinking. And this even happens with meal tracking apps, because usually when you're tracking your food on some type of tracking app, It's going to ask you, what are your goals? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to gain weight? Do you want to maintain your current weight? Do you want to gain muscles? And based on what you enter into that app, it's going to give you a set amount of calories that you should be shooting for on a daily basis. And what I find is individuals who manage to reach their goals using that calorie counting method, it becomes increasingly difficult to disconnect from the idea of counting calories. Right. Most people begin to look at their plate and only see numbers. Right. And so you're constantly measuring food. You're constantly you only look at the back of the package for how many calories are in something as opposed to the nutritional quality of the food. And so individuals who come from programs where they were encouraged to count calories often um, run the risk of developing an unhealthy relationship with food later on down the line. The second scenario I've seen where um, individuals run the risk of developing this unhealthy relationship, which is similar to number one, is individuals who come from programs where they were counting macros. Okay, Now, macros, for those of you who don't know, are proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. Those are what's called our macronutrients. Micronutrients are vitamins and minerals. Macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fats. Protein, carbs, and fats are specifically what gives food its calorie count, okay? And individuals who comes from programs who where they were encouraged to count their macros on a regular basis also 
um, run the risk of developing an unhealthy relationship with food because, again, everything on the plate is equated to a number. Do I have this many grams of protein exactly? Am I staying within that range? Do I have this serving size of carbohydrates? Do I have this many grams of fat? And they, they're constantly trying to find that balance between the right amount of protein, carbs, and fats that they should be eating for their unique body type and their unique biological makeup. I'm not saying that there that that is not real science that you know there is a balance of protein, carbs and fats that we need. However, it does not require us to micromanage it if we eat a diverse diet um, and if we prioritize eating a clean, unprocessed diet. But a lot of times, individuals who come for programs that encourage them to count calories and individuals who come from programs that encourage them to count macros, I notice when they are no longer in those programs, they really run the risk of having this unhealthy relationship with foods, even though the majority of what they're eating is really healthy. But it's just like, oh, my God, you know, one or two extra ounces of, of rice or pasta becomes a whole problem, right? And sometimes we run into this thing where we try and make it up the next day. So we might deprive ourselves on a later at a later date because we did too much on this one day or we do more at a later date because we feel like we didn't do enough on this one day. And it really starts to wreak havoc on the relationship you have with eating, right? Because here's the thing about eating, guys. We have to eat to live. And because we have to eat to live, there's no way to get around, you know, you know, having a relationship with food. You have to have a relationship with food. We just want to have a healthy relationship with food. So what happens is individuals who comes with programs that were attached to numbers to reach their goals, even individuals who come from programs that encourage them to count points for every meal, for example, like any program that's attached to numbers I notice can become potentially, not all the time, not all the time, but can potentially become problematic when the person gets in, becomes independent. And now they have to prepare meals, make meals, buy meals on their own. They run the risk of having this unhealthy relationship if they can't count, measure, or weigh every single morsel of food. The third and final situation I've seen where people run the risk of developing this like kind of obsession with healthy eating and unhealthy relationship with healthy eating is people who have lost a lot of weight or have successfully put a condition in remission. So someone who's lost a significant amount of weight or has really done the great work of combating a significant health challenge. Those individuals I've noticed too, um, also, and I'm in this category where I've lost a significant amount of weight, you know, I've lost over 60 pounds. And I remember before I really settled into this new body and this new identity, there was a real fear. There was a real fear of going back. And so individuals who, who, individuals who have had a significant weight loss or who have really done the work of putting a condition in remission sometimes develop a fear of going back to the weight they were. They develop a fear of, um, you know, gaining the weight back 
or of the condition of the condition coming back, right? And so I have a couple of suggestions that I want to make to individuals who may be experiencing this, who may be um, combating have their relationship with food and what that looks like going forward. Because if you have done the hard, hard work and the great work of getting your body down to a healthy weight, if you have done the phenomenal work of putting a condition in remission or reversing some type of disease, um, but you still don't feel free, that's no way to live. Like you don't want to still feel bound by that condition, although you are technically no longer battling it. And that's just no way to exist, to still like have, feel like you have this threat still hovering over you of going back to who you used to be. And there, so even once you get down to the ideal pan size, and even once you are off the medications or, you know, your, your blood work has stabilized, you don't want to have to, you don't want the thought of going back to continue to take up real estate in your mind, right? You don't want, you want to be completely free. You want to like spend your time thinking about something else, solving other problems. Um, we have other things that, that we could fix now. Um, but it's amazing how someone, you know, years out from their transformation, they, they lost the weight a year ago, two years ago, and it still bothers them, the fear of going back because it's so psychologically damaging when you live unhealthy for so long, maybe, you know, you were overweight for so long or you were battling a disease for so long, it, you know, becomes for many of us a part of who we are. And it can be so psychologically taxing if you don't completely free yourself from that condition. So here's about four ways um, that you can begin to overcome an unhealthy obsession with eating healthy. Okay, here's four ways. The number one way is to stop counting immediately. There is going to be some fear here. There is going to be probably some uh, the detachment issues that happens here. But you have to stop counting. In Firm to Table, for example, we do not encourage our students to count calories. We do not count macros. Because, again, when they disconnect from the program, if they haven't built a regimen um, that isn't built around counting, then it can be really damaging to like try and move forward without counting all the time. So it is going to take some work, but I want you to work really hard to stop counting immediately, whether you're counting calories, counting macros, or counting points. It, you, have to start, you have to disconnect math from food, you have to stop doing the math and just prioritize eating as clean as possible. Here's the caveat to that too. You know, one of the things we teach our students in Farm to Table is the importance of your diet being, you know, 80% label free, meaning really, ideally only 10 to 20% of the food you consume come from a package. So if you're not eating packaged food, there's no calories to count. There's no macros to count. Because you, when you flip over that sweet potato or when you flip over that broccoli or when you flip over, you know, that pineapple, there's like you're just there's no words there. There's no numbers. There's no. So it makes it increasingly difficult to count if you're not eating a packaged food diet. So you want to unprocess your diet in order to stop counting. 
So that would make it a lot easier um, to develop a healthy relationship with food because just know that the food is designed to real whole food, not packaged processed junk, but real whole food um, is designed to give you and to feed your body and your brain all of the micro and macronutrients you need without having to constantly count, measure, and weigh everything. So first things first, stop counting, okay? Um, my second recommendation for anyone who's um, possibly developed an unhealthy relationship with eating healthy is to change your language. So this is also one of the pro tips we give our students inside of Farm to Table, which is you want to go from saying, I can't have that to I don't want that. It's a very, very micro shift, um, but it's a huge paradigm shift. You want to go from saying, I don't, I can't have that to I don't want that. Right. Because the truth of the matter is you can't have it. like you can have, you know, those French fries if you want. You can have those potato chips if you want. You can have that pizza if you want. So it's not that you can't have it. It's always available to you. It's not going anywhere. There will never be a shortage of junk food. Um, but in this season, you do recognize that it doesn't serve you. And so you don't want it. Right. So we got to trick our subconscious into believing the belief before we believe it. So instead of saying, I can't have that, you want to focus on, I don't want that. So changing your language is going to be really helpful as well. And it, it re-empowers you. Because when you say, I can't have that, right, you're giving all the power to the food. But really, I don't want that means I have power over you and I'm choosing not to choose you, right? And so really changing your language is a nice paradigm shift um, in those efforts to developing a healthy relationship with food. The third thing you can do to work through this relationship is, and this is key, you have to make data-driven decisions. So one of the things I've seen individuals do, especially those that adopt a plant-based regimen, so they adopt a plant-based regimen and it works. Like they reach their goals, they lose the weight, they get off the medications, like their numbers start coming down, like they're feeling so much better, they have energy now, like life is looking good. But one of the things I've seen happen with individuals who specifically adopt a plant-based regimen over time is um, maybe after talking to some more people, after consuming loads of unsolicited content online, um, they start worrying about the fact that they may be developing nutritional deficiencies. And so what some people will do is they'll they'll think they need to run out and get a protein powder or, or they need to run out and get a multivitamin. And so... They believe that, you know, I might not be getting everything I need, but let me just get a multivitamin. Let me get a vegan multivitamin. Let me get a vegan protein powder. Let me get a vegan green powder blend and just incorporate that just in case. So there's this whole just in case phenomenon that some people develop um, after reaching their health goals, especially if they go plant based. Here's how you combat that. To avoid the buying supplements just in case, make data-driven decisions by getting your blood work done regularly, like once a year, maybe twice a year, meaning get data showing you how you do or don't have a deficiency before you run out and try and supplement for something that might not ever be a problem.
So if you believe you're developing some type of protein deficiency, some type of, you know, uh, calcium deficiency because you thought you really needed yogurt for calcium. If you think you're developing, you know, some type of deficiency, maybe an iron deficiency because somebody told you a long time ago that you had to eat red meat for iron. Um, if you if you believe you might be potentially developing a deficiency, just get blood work done. Like, let's just make a data driven decision. You're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Like, there's no need to guess. Like, we shouldn't be buying, spending money on supplements just in case. How about we just get data? <laughs> so I highly recommend just at an annual appointment or a biannual appointment, getting that blood work done, like getting all your labs, all the workups, and having them do, an, do a full panel and checking all of those le levels. Where's my B12? Where's my iron? Where's my calcium at? You know, where's my vitamin D? And if there is a deficiency, then we take action, right? We start with food. We incorporate supplements if necessary. And then, this is important, we go back and check again. Just because you are maybe you are told you have a deficiency and you do supplement, that doesn't mean it's lifelong. And so you still want to revisit that to see if that supplement is necessary many months later. Um, but make data-driven decisions and don't make fear-based decisions. That's one way to make sure you are getting everything you need without feeling obsessed about, you know, eating more than you need to eat or taking supplements because you're just so busy trying to get everything you need. You, what most people are not privy of is that the body stores most vitamins and minerals over time. Like B12, for example, is one is actually the only um, thing you cannot get from a plant-based source because it's a microorganism that grows in the soil. It's not from animals either. It's actually a microorganism. But the animals eat the microorganisms, and that's why you're more likely to get it from meat-based products. But the day you go plant-based or become vegan is not the day you need to run out to get a B12 supplement because the body has the ability to store B12 for up to a year if your levels were already good, you know, before you made the transition. So it's just what that's that's the nutrition science bit that most people don't understand. And so when you make a transition to significantly change your diet and do something like adopting a whole food plant based regimen, I highly encourage our students to get blood work done to confirm that a um, uh, that any type of supplement to confirm whether or not it is or isn't necessary. And in most cases, it's not, like to this day, I've been a health coach for years. I've never seen someone with a protein deficiency. Like, so, I mean, you'll be surprised our, what our belief system, our mind tells us versus what our blood work tells us, <laughs> okay? And then the final recommendation I have for individuals who um, are potentially developing an unhealthy relationship with healthy eating is it's time to get to know your body and your life all over again. Like now, listen, this is very key, especially individuals who, who have had a significant weight loss. So you have to spend some quality time with this new she or he. You have to spend some quality time shopping, traveling, dining out, seeing what's available to you. Like I had a client who was like morbidly obese, right? And she started dropping weight, dropping weight, dropping weight. And, you know, I remember one winter she was like, it was winter time and she had lost this weight, you know, during the summer and spring months. Here's winter time and her winter coat doesn't fit anymore. And so it's time to get a new winter coat. And she's significantly smaller than she was the previous winter. But what did she do? She went out and still bought like a 5X 
Why? Because even though her body had changed, her mind, in her mind, she was still morbidly obese. And so what I notice for a lot of individuals, even though like you don't have that diagnosis anymore, even though like you're not that size anymore, a lot of people, their mind hasn't caught up to their body. And so they still have this belief that, you know, I, like those other stores aren't available to me yet. Like eating this isn't available to me yet. Like flying in an airplane and, and fitting in the seat isn't available to me yet. And so even though their body is saying something different, their mind is still that old version of them. And so you must spend some quality time with the new you. You have to explore, like going to stores you would have never went into before. Like try doing things that you would have never done before. Maybe before you had, you know, such bad joint pain that you would have never, you know, considered walking, doing a mountain, I don't know, mountain climbing or hiking, right? Like find a, a, a hill near you and just try and walk up it. Like, See what you're capable of now. Like you have to, it's time to get to know this new version of you because if you don't, you will continue to cater to the old version of you. And he or she doesn't do that anymore. He or she can walk up heels now. We can fit in stadium seats now. You can wear different clothes and shop in different stores now. Like you don't, you can travel far away from home. Like you don't have to be close to a bathroom every time you travel anymore, but it can be hard to detach from that reality. If that was your reality for so long, right? Like you can, you know, raise your hand and speak up in public settings now. Like you don't have to be ashamed anymore. You're comfortable in your body. Now you have to spend some time getting comfortable in this new version of you, the version of you that doesn't rely on medications, the version of you that, you know, doesn't have to eat at a certain time because you got to take the medication at a certain time. Like that's not your reality anymore. And it was your reality for so long that you, you have a hard time, um, living in this new reality where you are disease free, where you are lean and healthy, um, where you don't have to, everything is not like everything doesn't have to be micromanaged. Right. Um, and so, you have to spend some new time with getting to know this new version of you. And it's critical. It's critical, right? Um, it's because if you don't, you will continue to buy clothes for that old you. You continue to only say yes to things that would have made the old you comfortable. If you don't, you will continue to not um, live obediently because it was too uncomfortable for the old you. But now you can step into that assignment now. Like you can live on purpose now. Like like those things that were you wouldn't even consider before. Like I don't know dating now. Like you can do. Like hey hey you can make like make love with the lights on now. Like life is different. Like life is different. And so, but if you don't spend some time with the lights on, you won't know how to feel with the lights on. If you don't spend some time and go out to dinner with that new version of you, like it's okay to order that dessert publicly and it's okay. Like you don't have to feel shame around those things. And you have to spend some quality time with this new version of you so that you can develop a healthy relationship with food, a healthy relationship with yourself and everything isn't micromanaged and it doesn't doesn't take up so much real estate in your mind. Those are my tips. That's what I got for you today. So um, I hope that was helpful. Listen, coming up in just like a couple of days, we're opening up enrollment again for my plant-based coaching certification, the plant protocol 
formerly known as the other 23. Um, uh, enrollment has been closed for several weeks now. It's opening back up here at the beginning of October. And so if you are interested in getting certified in plant-based nutrition and understanding how to help individuals make lifestyle modifications that are permanent and not just temporary, then you want to get your butt into the plant protocol. So make sure you visit lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me um, so that you can apply for the plant protocol, plant-based coaching certification. Um, and we can get you to a place where you are serving people the way you've always envisioned. Um, and listen, if you are working on your own plant-based journey right now, um, and you just like, I need to get myself together first before I even entertain coaching, if that's something you've always desired to do, then you want to get on a wait list for Farm to Table. Farm to Table wait list is live right now. I'm currently teaching the final semester, and then the next iteration of Farm to Table will be available in a couple of months. So get on the wait list, get on the wait list, get on the wait list. Farm to Table is not going away but I will no longer be teaching it. So more to come around that. Look forward to learning more about that. So just visit lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me. And you can learn more about both programs um, and get on the wait list for whichever one suits you in this season of your health. Um, and I think, you know, let me throw this one on the end because I forgot to say this one and I absolutely have to say it while I'm thinking about it. Um, the final way that an individual can develop a healthy relationship with food or avoid developing an unhealthy relationship with unhealthy eating is make sure you get coached by somebody that has a proven process and that the coach is not just your the person you rely on to get the result. Because what happens is if you come from a, a program where you had to rely on the coach and not the process, um, then what happens is when you no longer have the coach, you don't have a process to fall back on and you have no idea what to do. You have no idea, like you don't have anybody verifying that your choices are good or whatever. And so because you don't have that springboard anymore, you run the risk of developing this unhealthy relationship with food, either going back to where you came from um, or, you know, becoming so obsessed because you're so uncertain every, every time you eat. Um, so you want to make sure you are constantly when you're vetting a program or when you're vetting a coach, making sure you're only saying yes to those that have a proven process so that you can go back to the process. And it doesn't matter if you have the coach anymore. Like a great coach's goal is to eventually break up with you. <laughs> OK, for those of you who don't know or didn't know, a great coach's goal is to eventually break up with you. But what they should leave you with is a proven process that you can rely on should you ever get off track, right? So the relationship isn't over because you're perfect now. You're going to probably slip up. But you want to make sure that that coach left you with a reliable process that you can refer back to as opposed to them having just been the only person in the relationship and the only thing in a relationship that you can rely on to get the result. Okay, so make sure you're always looking for a proven process asking, hey, do you have a curriculum that I follow? Do you have a step by step process that I'm going to be able to learn and master before I leave you so that they have something to fall back on? And it wasn't just you. You the coach wasn't the magic, but the process should be the magic. All right. All right. Now I'm really done now. OK, so make sure you go to LisaAngelSmith.com um, forward slash work with me. 
in order to check out Farm to Table or the Plant Protocol Plant-Based Coaching Certification. And until next time, y'all, be well. Peace.